Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. As we long ago figured out, reckless speculation and scoopage on Thursday, well, that's great, but that just wouldn't cover it. So we now have been doing scoopage for quite a while. Now on Tuesday and Thursday, it's Judd, it's Declan, it is the man with the bag of information, Darren Doogie Wilson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and also the Scoop Podcast as well, which is uh, about 500 in or something like that. It is craziness. But... Darren, let's start here. The draft is approaching April 27th. Of course, you can find Purple Daily at Park Tavern that that night. Doors open at 6. We start at 7 because it's the Surly Draft Party. Everybody already jacked up for this. And this morning, we saw another mock draft come out. Todd McShay, two-round draft that had Hendon Hooker, the third time I've seen this, mocked to the Vikings at flat-out 23. What can you tell us about what seems to me, and look, it's mockers, so we don't know for sure, but it certainly seems to me like when you've seen three of these, you can't just dismiss it as these guys are stupid, it's crazy. What do you make of the Hendon Hooker steam? Well, good morning, Judd. Good morning, Declan. Always enjoy being on with you on Tuesdays, certainly Thursdays as well, Reckless Speculation Thursdays. Okay, well, Todd McShay, pretty plugged in. My tentacle certainly went up. When Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL scout, he was in the belly of the beast for so many years. His contacts are infinite. When he first volunteered, what was that, about seven to ten days ago, a mock draft that had Hendon Hook for landing with the Vikings at pick 23, that's when the alarm bell went off. Now Todd McShay is another. There are a million mock drafts. We know that, Judd. But there are certain mock drafts, certainly Jeremiah, we can debate McShay, but certainly Jeremiah, that I put a lot more stock into. My own reporting can tell you this. So you and I went back and forth. We wanted to check on the possibility of the Vikings hosting Hendon Hooker for a visit. So early next week, this time next week, many draft prospects will be in Egan for a top 30 visit or for that local day visit, it's semantics. Point is, if the Vikings are bringing you in for a visit, we've seen recent history with this front office, at going back to the previous front office, lots of history. When they bring a guy in, they end up with a lot of those guys come draft weekend. So I checked on that. I am told as of now, no 
on Hendon Hooker coming in for a visit. That being said, Judd, somebody close to Hendon told me that his sense is the Vikings have been doing as much homework on him as any organization around. What does that exactly mean? I don't have their board, right? If three weeks from Thursday, the board is, let's say, Brian Branch, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, some defensive lineman. By the way, those first three names among draft prospects who will be here next week for a visit, first-round talents. Some defensive lineman, right? But then there's Hendon Hooker. Who knows? Some people are now suggesting that Will Levis is going to fall. I have a hard time believing that myself, but we've seen weirder things. Like last year, I didn't think the Cincinnati quarterback would fall as much as he did. I don't know how they have their board stacked. What I can present to you, though, Judd, the audience, Declan, is that the Vikings, the sense is, from somebody who absolutely would know, somebody directly involved, the sense is the Vikings are doing as much homework on Hooker as any NFL team around. Okay, this is intriguing, uh, and I would not say the fact that he is not at this point in time scheduled to visit the Vikings is some type of red flag because of this, Dukes. We know that for a long time now, if you really like a player, sometimes you will purposely try to at least publicly ignore him. And so I just I find it very, very intriguing that as much as I think some, including some uh, draft experts here in town, would like to dismiss the possibility that the Vikings take Hendon Hooker. The reality is it keeps gaining momentum. The one thing I will caution is going back a year. So like th- this is of recent vintage, the Malik Willis thing. If you recall this time last year, we were having a lot of conversations. There was a lot of steam. You might go like much like this. Could he go in the first round? And there certainly seemed from the mocking community and from what was put out there that there was a possibility. And of course, he did not come close. So that's the one thing that that gives me cause for pause. But I do think it's very intriguing what you're saying, which is the Vikings are doing enough due diligence on Hooker that tentacles potentially are up. Well, and I remember it wasn't just mock drafters. I mean, it was, heck, I was trying to find the photo. I can't find it because I don't have the name saved for some stupid reason. But let's just say a higher up in an NFC front office, not the Vikings, but an NFC front office, texted me on Friday morning, day two of last year's draft, saying their front office was convinced Malik Willis was going to the Vikings. So the Vikings did a great job of creating that smokescreen. I will tell you this much on Hooker. I've heard that when the Vikings have had conversations with him, he's been really, really impressive. If you talk to the folks at Virginia Tech, so that's where he was before Tennessee has a connection, by the way, to Christian Darasaw, that Virginia Tech connection. You talk to people at Virginia Tech, they will speak glowingly, even though he left, they will speak glowingly about him. But then you wonder about 25 years old, coming off the knee injury, significant knee injury, an ACL tear, how does that limit, potentially limit his mobility moving forward? The system he played in, the one read, the arm strength is undeniable, though. I mean, there is a lot to like. If you just look at him from a physical standpoint, if you look at him, you're like, okay, like that's a lot. There's a lot there. It also comes down to, I saw Phil tweet about this, Phil Mackey. Mm-hmm. How much do you trust Kevin O'Connell, right? His ability to develop yeah. a quarterback. But 
yeah, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of steam. But yeah, I mean, with three weeks to go, Judd, is it smoke screens? Right. Is it legitimate information? That's where it's so hard. I say this every year. I mean, you and I have been doing this for 25 plus years now, right? Trying to decipher what is taking place every April pre-draft. We get lied to, right? It happens. Journalism 101. Why is this person lying to me? So it's on us to sift through all this information. What I can lay out, though, I feel positive saying this, that the Vikings are doing all sorts of homework on Hendon Hooker. What that ultimately means, we'll find out soon enough. But the Vikings will have the book on Hooker. I have no doubt about that come April 27th. Declan, got some? Yeah, Dukes, what about any defensive targets for Brian Flores? Is um, is Flores trying to target any defensive prospects that could be uh, coming in for visits? I know Addison now has a scheduled visit. Are there any defensive guys that maybe the Vikings will be bringing in in the next coming days or weeks or so? Yeah, so Brian Branch will be here early next week. He's the Alabama safety, but some flexibility. I mean, freak of an athlete if you look at his measurables. So, I mean, he's certainly one. You know, there's a defensive lineman from Alabama, Birmingham, excuse me, Bowling Green, a cornerback from Alabama, Birmingham. So, I mean, they're bringing in a bunch of defensive players next week. I don't have the full list. Terrell Smith is a local guy, Gophers cornerback. Jordan Howden, former Gopher safety, he will also be in early next week. So, you know, those are some of the local guys. But, yes, trust me, Declan, they're not going offense, 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 right, with their draft picks. We know that Brian is going to get a guy or two or maybe three or even four. If you look at their numbers, if you just look at, okay, 90 guys, right, for training camp, they need, like, five cornerbacks. I mean, they need cornerbacks as much as anything. But enough people will tell you, Declan, this is a really strong cornerback draft. You can find in a Caleb Evans type day three. Heck, if you look at the 2022 NFL season, how many DBs that were day two or day three picks ended up playing significant snaps? So it seems to be a trend where you can find DBs day three, Saturday the 29th, and play those guys right away, certainly on special teams. But those guys can be, you know, immediate backups. And if an injury occurs, can go right in there. So I have no doubt the Vikings are going to end up with a corner or even two draft weekend. Not so sure it'll be a pick 23, though. They're also, if you look right now, there is a plethora of second-tier free agent corners still left, too. So, like, there is a way, if, if you're trying to accumulate bodies as well, that's not going to be hard. Uh, the running back position, let's talk about that because there, there's a couple of in, intriguing things here. Uh, one is a report from Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune had the Vikings actually pursuing David Montgomery, now the former Bear who en- ended up in Detroit. And then, Dukes, I want to tie th- this together with something uh, Declan texted me last night. Dex, uh, tell us about the Dalvin Cook post that you saw oh, yeah. as well. Very interesting uh, Instagram story from Dalvin Cook yesterday. It was just a picture. It was a little stat that said no running back has more yards than Dalvin Cook since 2019. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, Doogie. He, like, he took a screenshot of some you know NFL PR statistics stat, and then he put more to come, dot, dot, dot. So as in kind of insinuating, like, there could be a move here on the way. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an idea from his representation. Hey, Dalvin, you should do this. Put this on your Instagram story. Who knows? Maybe Dalvin did it on his own, but I'm just telling you, as I hear that, I did not know that. 
Thank you for that information, Declan. When you say that, the first thing that comes to mind is his guy, Zach, said, hey, Dalvin, this would be a good idea. On the Brad Biggs Report, Chicago-based reporter, has covered the NFL for a really long time. Very so good. he volunteered sometime in the last week. And I guess I need to see the exact verbiage because the way it got aggregated, I think, was stronger than Brad had reported it. But bottom line, Brad had the Vikings in on David Montgomery before he ultimately chose to sign with the Detroit Lions. My understanding is that's overstated. Now, did the Vikings make a phone call? Was there an inquiry? Yeah, I firmly believe that to be true. I don't think it ever got far down the road. If you look at the guaranteed money Detroit gave him, plus what Chicago was willing to give him to come back to be a bear, like I don't think it ever came remotely close to David Montgomery ending up in purple. Now, this was before the Vikings re-signed Alexander Madison. So the question is, okay, if somehow Montgomery landed here, Madison in all likelihood lands elsewhere. But if you end up with a guy like David Montgomery, okay, how do you have Montgomery and Dalvin Cook in a pass-first offense? And so that would have been interesting. I still think something happens. Judd, I see you nodding your head. Like, I still think something is happening with Dalvin Cook. I mentioned, I mean, he couldn't pass a physical. Now, Tom Palacero, our good buddy, put something on social media yesterday on Monday saying that Dalvin was in town recently. Everything is checking out fine, which, yes, I mean, we're about now 12 weeks out from his surgery. So, yeah, things are trending along nicely, which means if they do trade him at some point, yeah, he probably can pass a physical at that point. I still think something happens. I don't know if it's a trade. An outright release of trade would make a little bit more sense. I just think something still happens. I'm not convinced that Dalvin Cook is here week one. Put it that way. Yeah, and to to that point, too, it doesn't make sense that Madison would have come back here if he was told you're still going to play the, the same role. Like, he had to have playing opportunity elsewhere, right? And so for him to come back here and be told, but you're going to be buried again behind Cook makes no no sense. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, last Vikings thing for me, have you heard anything else on the defensive end situation? Uh, because it's again, been, as I think we talked about this last week, really quiet. Now, Zedarius Smith said his goodbyes and the Vikings are like, not so fast. Uh, but then more importantly, Daniil Hunter, who's always, whose representation's always been pretty frontal about what they want. Like, it feels like the last time that, that we had a contract, uh, situation with Hunter that by now we all sort of knew what the price of poker was. It's been incredibly quiet. So are there any rumblings below the surface about how that is uh, shaking out? Not yet. I think that will pick up post-draft. I can tell you that the Vikings did a deal with his representation for Byron Murphy. So it's not like there's bad blood. That representation is working diligently right now on finding Odell Beckham Jr. a home. So, you know, not that there's not time to multitask, but... I know that that representation's number one focus right now is finding Odell a home, not solving this Daniil Hunter conundrum. But I say conundrum because, like, you look at his base salary for this year, it's hard to believe he's just going to be like, okay, sure, I'll play for that low number. Even though I'm among the best pass rushers in the game, sure, I'll be number whatever it is, 21 or 23 on the pay list. Like, come on. Like, I don't. I don't see it, Judd. And so something presumably is going to happen at some point. But 
I've not heard any recent steam. I imagine that will pick up post-draft. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. If you have no, no more Vikings, let's go to the Wolves because uh, I got to talk Wolves with you. All right. So this has been a debacle again, uh, just a complete debacle. The Phoenix loss, you know, that was still a decent trip for sure. Good trip probably. The The Laker loss I thought was disappointing. And then we got the excuses of, well, everybody was sick. What are we supposed to do? And yes, but flus go through every team. And then Sunday against Portland was just inexcusably embarrassing. Just a terrible, terrible loss. Uh, I guess we shouldn't be shocked because this has sort of been their uh, their mode of operation. But what are we to make of this now as the Wolves enter the final stretch of the season? You know, still in a position where they're not dead yet, but that Portland loss had to be a huge setback. Well, it definitely was a huge setback when thinking about, you know, even climbing as high as the seventh seed, being in a really good spot in the play-in tournament. Now you're looking at potentially the nine seed. Thankfully for them, Dallas has curled up in the fetal position, right? I didn't foresee that happening, but it has happened. Utah has also, even though going back many weeks, Utah decided to go down the path of, yeah, let's take our chances in the lottery with this, you know, unreal prospect, Victor, right? One of the all-time draft prospects, or at least going back 20 years, one of the great draft prospects. I don't know if you saw the clip on social media the other day from his game I assume in France, but somewhere overseas, where he takes a three-pointer, Judd. He knew when it left his hand he was going to miss it. He rebounds it, so he follows his shot and in one motion dunked it. So from three-point line miss in dunk, seven-foot two, seven-foot three, handles the ball like a guard, shoots like a guard. Like, this kid is unbelievable. So I can't fault an organization for saying, yeah, let's – even if it's 3%, like, there's talk of Dallas now shutting down Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic because if they have a top 10 pick, they end up keeping it from a previous transaction. Plus, they may say, let's take our chances. Even if it's 3%, let's take our chances to see if we can move up in the lottery. Hey, let's see if we can win the lottery. So the Wolves were given a favor in that regard. But, yeah, you think about this year, Judd, 10 losses to the bottom feeders of the league. Three to Portland. You've got the two losses to Detroit. You've got losses to Charlotte, Houston, San Antonio. I mean, that's a huge part of this season. You can forgive a few of those losses. Imagine if they just go five and five in those 10 games instead of losing 10 times to those bottom feeders. But yeah, Chris Finch postgame on Sunday, once again, citing effort. We had moved past that for so long, then the effort thing came up again. Now, who knew, you know, how much Nas Reed mattered? I mean, he goes down on Wednesday. You miss him Friday. You miss him Sunday. But to lose that game on Sunday, are you kidding me? But it's still trending toward, regardless of how they do tonight in Brooklyn, Saturday in San Antonio, Sunday at Target Center against New Orleans, it's still trending toward them at least being in 
the play-in. But the scenario could be them as the 9, OKC as the 10. Okay, you should beat the Thunder here at Target Center in that 9-10 game. But then just to be the 8 seed, you may have to win in New Orleans or Los Angeles just to then have the right to play the 1 seed Denver Nuggets. This time last week, Judd, we were talking about the possibility, strong possibility, of capturing the sixth seed, right? We talked right after the win in Sacramento. We thought, okay, there's a logical path to them being the six. How great would the six be? Then you open up against the three seed Sacramento Kings. Okay, Sacramento, great story, but they don't play a lick of defense. They don't have playoff experience. That would be a very favorable seven-game series, the Wolves against the Kings. That would be a favorable side of the bracket to avoid Phoenix, the Clippers, presuming that those two teams are 4-5, avoiding the one-seed Denver Nuggets. Now, just a week later, we're talking about them fighting, scratching, clawing just to be in the play and potentially having to play two games, win two games as a 9 or a 10 seed just to make the playoffs as an 8 seed. What a freaking debacle. Dukes, do you see any uh, situation if if uh, yeah, Bravo? By the way, good job, Dukes. Um, if if the Wolves miss out on the play-in or they just are one and done and and they aren't able to get by the play-in, is Chris Finch's job at all in jeopardy this summer? I don't sense that's the case, Declan. He was given a four-year extension one year ago, last April. Glenn Taylor is still the majority owner until either December thirty-first or March of next year. So Glenn is still calling the final shot. I don't foresee a scenario where Glenn is cutting the check with Mark and Alex involved. Now, Mark Laurie drove the bus big time on the contract extension to begin with. So know that. So yes, when Chris continues to cite effort, that's a reflection ultimately to me on him, his staff. If you can't get guys to play hard, but there's been many good moments with Chris Finch. Now, he's an offensive genius, considered an offensive genius and offensive savant. They've had a lot of offensive issues in some of these games the last few weeks. They've also taken some strides forward the way Mike Conley Jr. has performed at times. The synergy, him and Rudy Gobert. But to answer your question, I just don't sense that Chris Finch is in trouble just with all that money guaranteed to him for the next few years. I will add this, though, on the Wolves. They are kicking around, I was told, kicking around the potential of a roster move. So Luca Garza can still play for a few more games here. And you have to strategize, okay, so he can't play in the playoffs, but he could play in the play-in, but he's only eligible for a few more games. So you can strategize if you want Luca Garza available, but they also want Luca Garza here next year. So you could, if you wanted to, cut the cord on Nate Knight. When's the last time Nate Knight got in a game? Although I think he's an NBA player. He could help somebody, but the Wolves aren't using him. You could cut the cord on Nate Knight, sign Luca Garza to a standard NBA deal. Then if you make the playoffs, he would be eligible for the playoffs. Or you could look at somebody else. So I know they're kicking around. Now, ultimately, it may be status quo. They may do nothing. They may say, We'll just ride it out as is, keep Nate Knight on the roster. But I know they're kicking around. Austin Rivers would be another possibility. He hasn't played in forever, now sick. You could cut the cord on Austin Rivers. Although, to me, with his playoff experience, if you make the playoffs, 
Like, I'd want him, even if it's for an eight-minute stretch, to guard Jamal Murray if you end up playing Denver in the first round. I would utilize Austin Rivers in some capacity, but you could have that conversation as well. I just know that they're internally kicking around some potential – it would be one move. It's not moves. It's one move. The potential of doing something. Now, again, ultimately it may be status quo. They do nothing. But I know that they've had some conversations about the potential of doing something. Final scoop, sir. Well, how about our twins, right, Judd? I mean, 162-0, and will they ever dip below 500? There's a question for you. So 4-0 and right now, favorable matchup again today, favorable matchup tomorrow. Maybe they're 5-1 and or 6-0 and by tomorrow night. Do they ever dip below 500 this year? But I'm not surprised on Joey Gallo. Was reminded, though, that the Blue Jays made a decent little push mm-hmm. for Joey Gallo before the Twins landed him. But he's got this every other year thing going where he was really good in 19, really good in 21. So I'm not shocked. He's off to a good start. Plus, to get out of you know the New York market, I mean, you know, he just he got eaten up. by New York City being a Yankee. So, you know, I'm happy for for Joey Gallo. That, to me, has a chance to be a very shrewd signing. I mean, heck, if they tried to sign him after his 2021 season, Judd, he would have gotten, I don't know what the exact number would have been, but $15 to $20 million a year on a multi-year deal. I don't know if it would have been three years, four years, five years, but Joey Gallo would have hit the jackpot if he had hit free agency after the 21 season. Well, he hit it after the 22 season, bad year. The Twins take a flyer, but it is paying off very, very well. I mentioned Jordan Howden, the former gopher safety. So he's in Green Bay now. He's got a busy April. Visits with the Packers, the Raiders, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Vikings. He had a previous workout, not a visit, but a private workout with the New Orleans Saints. So Howden certainly garnering a good amount of interest. Duke's last thing for me before we say goodbye. Do the Twins play on Thursday at opening day, or are they going to move that game to Friday? Yeah, thanks for asking, Declan. I was just about to get to that. So we will know, my understanding is we will know by the end of today, they are having that conversation. I would not be shocked if if the opener is moved, home opener, to Friday. It just it looks so much nicer on Friday. But there are so many logistics that go into a decision like that. So those conversations are ongoing. We're sitting here talking at 9:12 Central Time on Tuesday morning. So they will have those discussions throughout the day at Target Field. We should know by the end of today whether that means the end of the business day or into the evening remains to be seen. But we should have some finality on that front before the day is over. But do know those conversations are absolutely happening about pushing the opener to Friday. Great stuff, Dukes. We'll talk to you Thursday. Okay. Okay, boys. Take it easy. Thanks. Talk to you.